Today I want to talk to you about wisdom and how it's vital for our lives. Uh, wisdom is one of those things that, that we need in order to really survive. You can have knowledge, but wisdom is much, much better. Who is the wisest person that you know? Now that's a tough question sometimes, I think, to, to ask. And I've known a couple of wise people or people I consider to be wise. Two that uh, came to my mind as I was thinking of this instantly were Ron Oren and Merv Kilmer. Uh, Ron was the preacher at my church. He came when I was uh, in seventh and eighth grade, and he stayed there for about two or three years. Uh, and, and we were a small church, so uh, Ron basically had to do everything. He was not only the preacher, but also uh, the youth minister. And, and being the oldest youth in our church, uh, Ron kind of took me under his wings. I remember going to his house and playing video games and uh, just talking about girls and life and, and the Bible. And uh, I remember one time in particular, our camp about four hours away was having a winter retreat, and Ron drove me since I was the only one old enough to go to the winter retreat uh, by himself through a snowstorm to get me there. Uh, Ron, for a number of reasons, was wise, but his wisdom uh, just kind of impacted my life in such a way that I really wouldn't be here today without uh, the wisdom that he imparted into me. Uh, Merv was an older gentleman in our congregation at our church. He uh, he used to be a preacher, and then he had retired, and so he was there in uh, the town that I grew up in, Knightstown, and he uh, kind of just took me under his wing after Ron had left. I started in high school, starting to go over uh, to Merv's house about once every couple of weeks or so, uh, and we just sat on his front porch drinking iced tea and uh, talking about uh, the Bible, talking about the men and women of faith who had gone before us, uh, and he had given me a passion for uh, people that had lived out their faith uh, in the past. A lot of things that we struggle with, we don't realize it often, that other people struggled with the exact same thing. And if we can learn from their mistakes and their successes, uh, we can learn greatly. Uh, both these men just imbued wisdom. Uh, it was kind of just permeated from them, and, and you couldn't help from just talking with them, uh, see the wisdom that they had in their lives. Wisdom is something we all need. Sometimes I think we forget that that wisdom is really the essence of what it is uh, to be alive and the wiser you are the better off you are in the long run. But wisdom sometimes is hard to attain. Uh, the psalmist in Psalm 119 discusses wisdom and the Word of God, and so we're going to look at that today. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open up to Psalm 119, verses 97 uh, through 104. Uh, next week is our last week of Psalm 119, so you can see the promised land coming up. So here, here is what uh, he says here. It says, Oh, how I love your law. I meditated on, all, on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all of my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path, so I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me how sweet 
Are your words to my mouth sweeter than honey to my mouth? I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. Uh, this, the NIV translates each of these words a little bit different. It says uh, wisdom, it says insight, it says understanding. But within the Hebrew, the words all have the general understanding of wisdom. Wisdom is the backbone to this section of Psalm 119. And I think what we find in it is this, is that God's word gives us wisdom for life. God's word gives us wisdom for life, and the psalmist wants us to understand that, and he wants us to know that there is a difference between knowledge of something and wisdom of something. Knowledge we have at our fingertips. If you don't know how to do something, all you have to do is really Google it and you'll find out. I, I, that's what I did the other day. I decided that it was time to clean my chimney so I could burn wood for this winter. And so I got up on the roof. Uh, I had watched a YouTube video to kind of see what I was supposed to do. Got up on the roof after borrowing a ladder and borrowing uh, some rods to, to use my chimney brush that I had gotten. I got the cap off of the, the chimney and I started to put the brush down and realized that I wasn't very wise in that moment. I had not measured my chimney's cap space, and, and rather than having an 8-inch hole or a 6-inch hole, I had a 10-inch hole, uh, which is not very helpful when you're trying to clean a chimney with a 6-inch brush. So I found out really quickly that I looked kind of stupid getting up on that roof to begin with. Right, and so that there's a difference between having knowledge and having the wisdom to measure something before you go through all the work of climbing on the roof. Right, there is a difference, and wisdom, wisdom is something different than just knowledge, and God wants to impart wisdom in our lives. Right, we can be very knowledgeable on things, but, but how we live with that knowledge determines whether we are wise or not. The Old Testament has a lot of things to say about wisdom. It, it kind of, when you look at the ancient literatures throughout various different cultures, the Old Testament wisdom looks very similar to them stylistically, but there is one noticeable difference. The beginning of wisdom in the Old Testament deals with your relationship with God. Probably the best way to see this is to look at a proverb, Proverb 9 10 says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Again, that word for understanding is a different word meaning wisdom. So where you stand with God and where your relationship with God determines whether or not you truly are wise. And it begins with a healthy fear and, and fear not in the sense that you're shaking in your boots is a term of worship. Do you recognize God for who he is, the creator of the universe, the one that can do whatever he wants, the one who can destroy not only your body but your soul as well. Do you fear that God? All right, and so this, this is where we, we have to understand about wisdom. Wisdom is beyond just knowing that we can do something and asking the question, should we do it? And we can do a lot of things. We can make that Facebook post, but the question is, is should we? And that's a lot harder one to answer at times. And knowing whether or not we should do something is the difference between knowledge 
and wisdom in our lives. I think the psalmist here in, in, in this section that we've read of Psalm 19, he gives us three different ways that we can be wise. And the first way that we can be wise is, is by loving God's word. Right, he starts off with that, right? How I love your word. And it opens up this entire section of the psalm. G- wisdom is gained by loving God's word. This word for love, it, it's nothing special. It's the basic word for love. It's, it's desire and passion and, and the kind of how we use the word for love in the English language. We all love different things, don't we? Some of you love Cardinals baseball. I don't know why. And you guys will spend hours upon hours watching the Cardinals play or listening to them on the radio. I love board games. I don't know why. I I could play any type of board game that you want to bring over. I may not like the game, but I will learn the game to play it because I enjoy that. I love it. We love a lot of different things. And and the question is, is, do we love God's word? And the way that the psalmist says that he shows his love of God's word is through the way he interacts with it. He meditates on it. Uh, We talked, this word meditation has appeared throughout Psalm 119. Uh, A long time ago, about seven weeks ago, uh, we talked about what meditation is. Let me just briefly recap it for you again. Meditation isn't what we often think of as someone sitting cross-legged and saying, "Mm," that type of thing, okay? Meditation in the Bible is is simply thinking either inwardly or outwardly about God's word and comparing it to our lives. It's reading a passage like this and asking, do I feel the same way that this psalmist feels about God's love, law? And if the answer is no, it's, it's not just saying, well, no, I don't, oh, well. No, it's, it's looking at our lives and saying, okay, how can I reflect this feeling more. It's taking what we're reading and and looking at our lives and trying to get them to match up, even if that means we have to change. That is what meditation is. And so the question is, is do we love it? Are we willing to meditate on the Word of God? Are we willing to ask questions like, do I love my neighbors? Do I, are we willing to ask questions like, do we love sinners? Are we willing to ask questions, are, am I giving enough? Do, are we willing to ask questions that really affect who we are as individuals and as followers of God? The reason why I think it's important that we not only love God's word, but that we meditate on it is what's found in verse 98 when he says, your commands are always with me. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that if we're spending time in God's word, it will follow us where we go. See, wisdom isn't perfection. It's not that we're never going to make a mistake. Wisdom is learning from our mistakes the next time. Wisdom is not only learning from our mistakes, but learning from past people's mistakes as well. And I think that's where the Bible comes in, because there's times in my life where I come upon a situation that I've never been in before. And how am I to know what is right and what is wrong? And that's a difficult question 
to answer at times, especially if you've never been there. And when we study God's Word and we meditate God's Word and we make it a habit of doing that, what will happen when we enter into these situations that we've never been there before is that the Word of God will come to the front and say, this is what's right. It's important that we have a love for God's Word. And as we have a love for God's word, we become wiser. He says that we become wiser than our enemies. And our world is full of enemies against Christianity. And the enemies are going to attack and they're going to seek uh, to bring us down. And we have to be ready for them not to act like they want us to act, but to act like God says is the right way to act. And the only way that we will know which is the right way to live and which is the wrong way to live is if we have a love for the Word of God. It's not enough just to have the knowledge of what's in this, but it's also a matter of are we willing to love it, to learn from it. So we gain wisdom by loving God's Word, but we also gain wisdom by spending time with God's Word. Uh, Notice what he says here multiple times. He talks about meditating on God's word. He says at least twice, and if something is repeated twice, uh, it's it's important in the Bible. And and so it's important here. Are we willing to spend time in God's word? And, And honestly, if we were to ask the question, do we love God's word? Almost all of us here would say, yes, I love God's word. And so then the next question is this. It's not It's not a matter of not loving the Word of God enough. It's a matter of prioritizing the Word of God in our lives. Like I said, we love a lot of different things. I look at my life, I love a lot of different things. I love board games. I love my family. I love watching sports. uh, I love reading. But there's just not enough time in the day to do all of those activities every single day, is there? And so a lot of times when we get free time where we are able to do the things that we want to do and not the things that we have to do, uh, the question is, is what do we prioritize in those moments? And I think we all prioritize a little bit differently. Jacob, when he has free time and it's in season, he's out in the woods sitting and sitting and sitting for the chance that something will be there that he can shoot at and hit or miss, who knows, right? <laughs> Only he does. <laughs> but, but that's what he prioritized his time in, right? What do we prioritize our time in? Maybe for you it's, it is reading a good book. And so you, when you get home and the kids are in bed or, or if you don't have kids at home, you just go home and you sit on that couch and you just read your book. Uh, maybe for you it's, it's a TV show and you, you want to, um, whatever TV show you want to watch it and either you watch it live or you watch it on recording and you make time in your week to do that. We prioritize things all the time and I think that when it comes to the Bible it needs to be something we prioritize higher than other things. Sometimes we hear that we need to read the book of the Word of God, and, and so we think to ourselves, you know what, I'm going to wake up a half hour earlier. And that doesn't work. You want to know why? Because every once in a while it does work. You do it for a day or two, and then finally you get to that day where you just need to sleep the extra 30 minutes, and so you just sleep in, and then you no 
longer are getting up to read God's Word. So it's not a matter of trying to fit it in into an already busy schedule. It's a matter of looking at your free time and asking, what am I prioritizing over this very important thing? Maybe it means you miss the first two innings of a Cardinals game. Even if the Cardinals give up 10 runs, it's okay. Because the Word of God is important. Maybe you don't go out hunting, or maybe you're sitting in the tree hunting with your Bible, right? Whatever it is, it's a matter of prioritizing. I think we love God's Word, but I don't think we prioritize it as much as we should. There's a lot of things in my life that I love to do with my wife and, and, and with kids, five kids, and with work. It sometimes isn't always able for us to do the things that we love to do together. And every once in a while, we'll get that moment where we'll get to go out by ourselves and we'll go do those activities and we'll look at each other when we're done. And we're like, man, we need to do that more often. And then two months go by and, and we're doing the same thing over and over again. Because we prioritize our family a little bit higher. And so we need to understand that the Word of God isn't something that we slip in in a five-minute period. Rather, when we have free time, it's a thing that we turn to first before we do anything else. And I think as we do that, as we spend time in God's Word, and as we make it a priority in our lives, we gain wisdom. He says that we gain more wisdom than not just our enemies, but our teachers as well as we meditate on God's word. Uh, the third thing that I think he says here is that we gain wisdom by obeying God's word. I remember this is, this is what he says in 102, you know, I have not departed from your ways right, that you have taught. You know, he's, it's an obedience thing. And there's a difference between knowing something and doing something. I mean, we, we've all experienced this at one point in time. We, we all got a job, and they all sat us down in a class, and they told us what they expected and how to do the job, and, and they, sh they told us while we were sitting there uh, what would get us in trouble and what wouldn't get us in trouble and what the expectations were for us to, to keep this job long term. And so knowing what we were supposed to do was a lot different than actually getting out there and doing the task where we found out it was a lot harder than what they told us or a lot easier, depending on who you are. You also learned that you couldn't do it without someone first showing you because it was just that type of job that you needed help with. There's a difference between knowing and doing, and wisdom is that. Wisdom is doing it and knowing what to do in the right situations, but choosing between what is right and what is wrong. We can read this all day long. We, we can know everything about it, frontwards and backwards, but if we don't put into action, and we don't practice what it says, then we're fools. We're not wise. So we need to not only learn what God's word is, we need to not only love it and also to know it by spending time in it, but we need to do it. It's one thing to say that we love sinners. It's a completely different thing to actually love them. To have them walk in to your neighborhood 
and to show kindness and mercy and grace. And the thing about practicing the Word of God is this, that as we do it, we're going to fail. We're not going to live up to the standards that are in here. But as we try and as we fail, we learn more of what it means to follow God and what it means to imitate Christ in everything that we do. And as we do that, we gain the wisdom to, for the next time not to make the same mistake. And it's not always easy to obey. I mean, we live in a culture that, that doesn't have any regard for the Word of God, and, and that's the culture. And it's very easy for us as Christians to kind of want to be accepted by them, to be liked by them. And so then sometimes we get into the habits of, of kind of following their pattern and saying, you know what, maybe God didn't really mean this when he said this. You know, that was 2,000 years ago when Jesus lived, and that was something that they accepted. But we're, we're, we're much more advanced than they are. Maybe that's not what they meant for our day. And it's tempting to accommodate culture. But what the Bible says is this, is that the word of God is never changing. What God said yesterday applies today and will apply tomorrow. And so what we need to do is follow the word of God, obey it in our lives. And by doing so, we become wiser than even our elders. Did you notice that? He kind of says, I'm going to be wiser than my enemies. I'm going to be wiser than my teachers. I'm going to be wiser than even my elders. And it's by what he does. Now, the enemies of God do not care for God's words, but if we love God's word, we will be wiser than they are. Uh, the, the, the teachers, they, they teach you what's in this, but if you're actually spending time in this more than they are, you'll be wiser than your teachers and your elders who have lived their entire lives. But maybe they haven't lived it according to God's word. If you obey God's word, you'll be wiser than they I think there's an importance in these three different people and what you must do in order to be considered a wise person. It's not about age. Wisdom isn't, doesn't always come with age. You probably know people that are old but not wise. Wisdom comes from loving God's word. It comes from spending time in it. It comes from obedience. And if we can obey it and spend time in it, it doesn't matter if you're 20, it doesn't matter if you're 80, you'll be wise. Ultimately, I think, is this, is that wisdom in our lives is shown by whether we choose to do right or to do wrong. This, this section of the psalm ends with this. He says, I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Uh, the, the hate of every wrong path kind of correlates with what he says at the beginning, right? Oh, how I love your law. There's understanding again is here for wisdom. And we do these things. We, we, we obey God's word. We love it. We spend time with it. We do those things not as a checklist of something that we need to do in order to please God. Rather, we do it to gain wisdom. And, a, and act, we have to act upon this wisdom that we've gained. 
And it, if we are wise, it is shown in the way that we live, in the path that we take. Uh, the word for path or walking or, or, or way uh, throughout the Old Testament deals with our, our, a way pers- a person lives, their whole lives. He says here the wrong path is not the one that he is going to choose, and, and wrong here is the false, as in the opposite of truth, and our God is truth. And so the question is, do we love God's word and do we hate what is evil? Hate not in the sense of an emotional distancing, but rather it's something that we've made the decision that we are not going to be a part of. See, the way of righteousness and the way of evilness, they don't intersect anywhere. And we have to choose which path we will live on. Are we going to live on the wrong way or are we going to live on the right way? Those are tough decisions and it's not always easy to know which is the right way and which is the wrong way. And that's where wisdom is very important and if we are faithful to God's word and if we love it and we're spending time in it and obeying it God is going to be faithful and give us the wisdom when we need it the most I think the reason why Ron and Merv had wisdom in their lives wasn't because they took a a little kid like me and loved on me and showed me uh, which was the right way to live rather it's because they knew who God was And they had spent time with him and in his word. And because they had spent so much time with God, it just flowed from who they were and resulted in them loving me and taking time to show me what it is to be a follower of God. So here's the question that you have to ask yourself. Do you love God's word? Are you spending time and prioritizing God's word above other things in your life? And are you obeying it? Because ultimately my hope is that for myself, I will be as wise one day as Ron was and as Merv was. And I hope for you that you will be as wise as they were as well. But it takes doing those three things to be wise in the eyes of God. God will give you wisdom, but you have to love his word and spend time with it to gain that wisdom for life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are indebted to your word. Lord, it is the only wisdom that we need in this world. Father, I just pray that in our lives that we will be resolved to love it, to spend time with it, to grow in it, And not just to learn it, the facts and the figures and and what is right and what is wrong, but rather to live it out in all that we do. I pray that we will be faithful to what your word has to say. Thank you for Jesus, the person that lived out your word the best in perfection and set us an example that we can follow. It's his name we pray. Amen.